come this morning waving our hands, our hearts, and whatever we have in our possessions that can be waved. And we say, thank you, Father. We declare, Hosanna to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We say, Hosanna in the highest. We shall behold you, God, in all of your glory. We thank you, Father, for what you have done. We thank you for, Lord, planning in advance for what we would have need two, over 2,000 years later. Thank you, Father. What a plan. What a heart, God, that you saw our needs. You saw our needs. And you came to meet our needs. Father, thank you. Thank you today, Lord, that because we have that hope, we are not worried, we are not fearful, we are not anxious as the world is because we have that blessed assurance of seeing you face to face. And so we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning again, everyone. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. It is so good to be able to have you to fellowship with, with, with us this morning. And as, as I see my sister Anne extending her hands to hug, and it's a, it's, a, it's a social distance hug, I'm asking you to just to hug yourself. And as you hug yourself, you know that we are hugging you. And Jesus is hugging you. So hug yourself this morning. Hug yourself. The social distance hug this morning is for you to hug yourself. And as you hug yourself, just imagine us embracing you and God himself embracing and hugging you. This morning we want to do communion and I want you to go wherever you are, get your biscuits, get your bread, get your little juice, whatever you have in your refrigerator, whatever you have. I your matzo, whatever you have, biscuit, bread, bun, whatever you find in your possession, it is not actually the item, but it's the heart condition towards what God has done for us. And he says to remember, remember, as often as you do this in remembrance of him, to do it in remembrance of him. And so this morning I want you to just get those things ready. We will not be using it now, but get them ready so that when we are ready, you will have them in your possession. The scripture this morning I'll be looking at is Revelation 1, verse 7. And it speaks of Jesus coming. And the title of my topic this morning is Let's Celebrate. Let's Celebrate. We just sang the song, We Shall Behold Him, and Now Behold the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God. And we just sang another song that says, Behold He come riding on the clouds. And all of these songs are geared to what we are expecting. We're expecting our King to come. We're expecting Him to come. And we do not know when. None of us know when. The scripture says in, in, in Matthew 24, when they asked Jesus, so when will the sign be? And he says, no one knows the hour. No one knows the time. First Thessalonians 5 also says it. No one knows the time or the hour or the day. Only the Father knows. I remember growing up and hearing my grandmother speak about the coming 
or the return of Jesus, which is the second coming of Jesus. It meant so much to her. It's like every time she, she, she spoke about it, you could see the joy. She was anticipating something. She had that excitement. She wanted to see her Lord and Savior face to face. And she was looking forward to him coming. And I can even imagine her now, even in, in the presence and in her spirit worshiping and being there and seeing him. But at the time when she spoke, I couldn't understand. I never understood what she, she meant. I, 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 I was not there. I was not at that place to understand what it meant to see Jesus face to face. I didn't even understand the excitement. Why would you want to, sh to shorten your life on earth? To experience something that you do not know. But years later, when I gave my life to the Lord, I began to, ex to ex experience what she meant, that joy. That joy that says, if my life was required of me now, I didn't have to worry where I would spend eternity. That joy of standing face to face with my creator, with my Lord, the one who died on the cross for me, the one who was so unselfish that he decided to come and to die on the cross so that I can have eternity. And so this morning, I want you to understand that hope that I have. And maybe you are like me then, and you're saying, you're listening to my voice, and you're saying, I do not have that hope. I do not have that joy. I, I do not have that assurance. I don't even know that excitement, because even in the midst of coronavirus, how can you experience that excitement? How can you say, let us celebrate? In the midst of all that is happening, where, where persons, families, our families' lives and our friends' lives are being taken, how can I celebrate? We do not celebrate because there's a lack of trials and, and tribulation, which we recognize from last week. Trials and tribulations will come. But celebrating is a choice, and it's a choice that God has given us. And he says, for those who want to celebrate even in the times of trials and celebration, times of trials and tribulation, come to me. Come to me and lay your cares on me. Come and receive the salvation. Come and receive the forgiveness of sin that I offer. And today I hope that even as you listen to, to what I, God has placed on my heart, I hope that you get a better understanding of the hope and the joy that believers in Christ have and experience, even in this season. And I hope that at the end of my, at the serv this, this, this service, that you would too enjoy and you too will be anticipating, you too would get to that place of celebrating what God has already done and is coming back to do. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control and he knows everything. Nothing is hidden from him. And even for us who are believers and for those who are listening who are unbelievers, coronavirus has given us an opportunity to realize that God is in control. And even as he's in control, we get an opportunity to see that his coming is nearer. Because if my grandmother, who died in 1989, 
was anticipating his coming then. That's what, 31 years? Imagine 31 years later, he's even closer. Because she was looking forward to seeing our Lord in her lifetime, coming with the clouds opening and coming. And 31 years later, her granddaughter is anticipating it. I know that he's 31 years nearer and closer than where my grandmother thought he was. And so this morning, as I prepared in the week, I recognize that God is giving us a dress rehearsal. Let us celebrate. Let us practice to celebrate. Let us celebrate his coming. Let us celebrate the second coming of the king, knowing that when he comes, imagine if you can celebrate it now before you see him. Imagine the celebration we will experience. Imagine the Jesus party that we will have. Imagine all the roads will be blocked and we will have the different, the different sounds clashing and everybody praising because everybody is so anxious and anticipating everything and so they get an opportunity to be before him and they're saying, yes, I can now celebrate. But today it's a dress rehearsal. So I want it in your mind to say, I am preparing. I am celebrating. I am, I am, I am enjoying. I'm experiencing the joyful time from now. So that when the day comes, my limbs will be able to move. I would know what it feels like to celebrate. The, rev the text this morning, Revelation 1-7, tells us. It says... And I'm reading from the NIV version, the New International Version. It says, Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. The first coming of Jesus was prophesied in Isaiah 62:11 and Zechariah 9:9. Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah comes to Zion. He comes ready to reward everyone according to his work. In 1 Corinthians 3, 8, the Apostle Paul tells us that the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose. And each will be rewarded according to his own labor. So we see Isaiah saying the king is coming and at that time it was his first coming and he said he's going to come and reward you for everything that you, are done, you have done. So if you're a planter, he'll reward you for a planter. If you're a waterer, he'll reward you for a waterer. If you're a harvester or a reaper, he will reward you for what you have done. And as I looked at this scripture this week and I'm saying two weeks, I think the Lord is talking to us little by little about sowing and reaping. Because if you sow celebration now, think about the celebration that you'll have later because you know and because you're in right standing to celebrate. Zechariah prophesied that the promised, promised lowly, just, and righteous Messiah comes to Zion riding on a donkey, on a colt, and when he comes, it will be a, a joyful, triumphant entry. The people of Israel would shout and rejoice greatly at the sight of the Messiah King. And over 500 years later, after Isaiah and Zechariah prophesied, these prophecies were fulfilled. Jesus came riding on a donkey's colt into Jerusalem. And we see that in Matthew 21 that Anne read this morning. The crowd shouted and waved branches, Hosanna! to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It was a celebration. Here it is, it was prophesied over 500 years before and it was now happening and the people were celebrating. The whole city was stirred and they asked those who were celebrating, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So for those who didn't know him, they wanted to know who is this that you are celebrating? Who is this that is bringing so much joy to your heart? And they said, this is Jesus. This is Jesus of Nazareth. The prophet who was spoken about who was to come. The Messiah, the king who was supposed to come. The text this morning, Revelation 1-7, is also a prophecy of the second coming of Jesus. And John says it is certain and it is true. According to Revelation 1, 1 to 2, God gave the revelation of his plan to Jesus, who in turn sent the message to the apostle John through angels. And John would now testify to the churches what he saw and what he heard. So the vision, it was more than a vision that he had because a vision he, he would have seen, but John also heard. God wanted the church to know what was about to happen so that they could prepare for what is to come. God wanted us to have a dress rehearsal. And for you to have a dress rehearsal, you have to have the things ready and right. Because a dress rehearsal is not only for you to rehearse your speech, but it's for you to have your proper garment, the things, wearing your costumes, and you would know how they fit and how you move in your costumes and you would know how to move in your, in your crown and you know how to move in your robe and it's a rehearsal, it's a dress rehearsal. You would have known how to, to act your part or to be you in the part that you are playing. As I said, if you were a sower, you would know you would have been dressed like a sower. If you were a waterer, you'd be dressed like a waterer. If you were a harvester, you'd be dressed like a harvester. And God is saying... I want you to be prepared for what is to come. So let us dress, let us rehearse. The stage is already set. This morning, the stage is set before you. Your living room, your bedroom, wherever you are, it is set before you, giving you an opportunity to celebrate. The Apostle John announced what he saw and heard so that the readers and listeners of the book of Revelation, those who are blessed for reading, listening, and taking to heart what is written in the book of book to pay careful attention so john says blessed is though are those who read and if you can't read and you're in a position where you're listening you're blessed but he says and above all not only do you read it or hear it but when you take it to heart you are blessed and so john started out by saying to the church for this is what God is saying. This is what God is saying to us to do. I want you to listen. I want you to read it. But above all, I want you to take to heart what I'm saying to you this morning. Because as you take it to heart, you will be prepared for his coming. And then John says, Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming with clouds of great glory. He's coming as king of kings. He's coming to judge the world and every eye will see him. Are you ready this morning for this dress rehearsal today? 
Because we're given an opportunity today to be prepared for what is to be happening then. And then can mean an hour away from now. Then can mean now. Then can be a year. We do not know the day. We do not know the hour. We do not know the year. But today is the day to rehearse. Today is the day to ensure that everything is in place. So that you can have a dress rehearsal. Behold, John says he's coming with the clouds. Jesus is coming with clouds of great glory. In essence, John is saying, check it out. Look at this. Pay attention. Observe. Observe what is happening around you. Behold. It's like John is saying, this is, a, this is important. There's a sense of urgency in what he says. Behold. Jesus is coming and is coming in imminent. Signs are everywhere and Corona is only one sign. There were many signs before that some of us may have overlooked. Jesus is about to come. Jesus is coming. Behold, the lamb is not no longer coming as a lamb. He's coming as a king. The lamb came before when Isaiah and Zechariah spoke. The lamb who would come to lay down his life. But the, who, is, who John is saying is coming is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He's coming. And how is he, com is he coming? Acts 1.9 says he's coming the same way he left. When Jesus was taken up into heaven... The, a cloud hid him from his disciples and as they looked up they were wondering where was he going because now he, he was risen from the dead died and he was now risen from the dead and the hope that they now have oh he's back our teacher our messiah is back but now they see him being lifted up ascending into heaven and the cloud was hiding him and so they were intently looking to see can I see him go can I, where is he going and the scripture says immediately two angels appeared and they said unto them this same Jesus that you see taken up into heaven will come back in the same way you see him go. So Jesus is coming the same way he left. He's coming in the clouds. He left in the clouds and he's coming in the clouds. And it was such a sudden moment. He didn't say to them, okay, I am going to be going now. Watch me go up. They were just there and they just saw him ascending. How is he coming? 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 says, he's coming like a thief in the night. His coming will be sudden and unexpected. Those who are unprepared for his coming will be caught by surprise those who are not prepared today for the dress rehearsal will be caught by surprise he's coming with the clouds of great glory Daniel 7 13 to 14 tells us and Matthew 16 27 says he's coming with the clouds in great glory power and majesty he's coming to judge he's coming to repay each one according to what he has done and to rule 
as a conquering king. Jesus is coming. Do you hear John? Did you hear John? Are you hearing John? Jesus is coming. He said, behold, he's coming. He's coming to repay us for what we have done. At the, at, for your dress rehearsal, he will say, are you ready? Is your garment spotless? Have you allowed me to wash them white as snow? When I judge, will, 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 will my sword come down as condemnation? Or will it be coming down at knighting you as the king would knight his, his subject? Or will he come and say, depart from me, I know you not. Matthew 7 speaks about the, 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 the prophet who said to the Lord, have I not prophesied in your name? And he said to him, depart from me, I know you not. So today as you are listening to my voice and you are preparing mentally and physically for this dress rehearsal, will he say to you, depart from me, I know you not. Or will he say to you, come, let's celebrate. Matthew 24, 36 says, Because we do not know the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son of Man knows but the Father, we must be ready at all times. John says, We behold him. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. The whole world will behold the return of the king. Everyone with eyes, whether you can physically see or not, the moment you have eyes, you will see him. Imagine blind eyes being opened to just to see him. Imagine the birds and the bees. Imagine everything that has eyes will see him. The lions will see him. The zebras will see him. The monkeys will see him. Everything will see him. Everyone will see him. His coming will be visible and victorious. What a sight it will be to behold him. Imagine the angels coming and the trumpet blowing. What a wonderful day. Because I hear Anne some morning say, we're having a beautiful day in Texas. Those mornings cannot compare to what that morning will be. It will not be a secret for TMZ to leak out. It will not be breaking news for CNN. It will not be published in the local newspapers. Neither will it be broadcasted on Facebook or we will be busy sending text messages. The heavens will declare his righteousness and all people will see according to Psalms 97 verse 6. We, we won't wait for someone to see and tell us. All of us will see the king coming in his glory at the same time. Just like Corona, you realize what Corona did? Corona took the world by storm at the same time. By the time you heard that it was in China, it was everywhere. Italy was down. 
New York was going down. Different place, you heard it. And it was there, and it was there, and it was all over. By the time you got an opportunity to, to hear, it was already there. And Jesus' return will even be, be greater. We won't hear that China had it, even with the time difference. We won't hear that Europe and Africa, even with the time difference, saw him. We will behold him at the same time. Those who believe and receive Jesus will see him and be glad. They will see him in his glory and rejoice. They will be filled with unspeakable joy. But unfortunately, for those of us who are not prepared this morning for that dress rehearsal, we'll be filled with dread. We'll be filled with fear. They will tremble with fear. Revelation 6.15 says, They will call to the mountains and the rocks to fall on them and hide them from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lord. What category do you fall in this morning? When he comes, when, he, when you behold him, will you experience joy? Will you be celebrating? Or will you be trembling? Asking the mountains to fall on you, to cover you. Then John says, even and even those who pierced him will see him. John 19.34 tells us that Jesus' side was pierced with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. Jesus was pierced for you and I. It was written that his bones would never be crushed and for them they would not be broken and for them to fulfill prophecy. And when they went up to the, to the cross, they saw that he was dead. And to prove that he was dead, they pierced his side. And many Christians believe that it was to blame the Jews and the Romans for killing him. But it was not the Jews and the Romans who killed him. It was a loving father who decided to sacrifice his son so that you and I today can celebrate. It was a loving father who decided to give his son as a ransom, as an atoning sacrifice for you and I so that today you and I have forgiveness of sin. It was a loving father who says, I see the need of those in 2020. I see the need of those who will be alive in 2020. I know that they would need forgiveness and I'm going to give my son as a sacrifice so that they will be able to Now behold the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God, born into sin that I may live again. 
For those who already know Christ and you recognize that you have walked away or you have not been doing the things that you should, you are neither a sow, you're not casting any seeds, you're not watering anything, you are not reaping, you are doing nothing for the kingdom of God and you are in complete disobedience. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice unto God. Recognize that you have been a disobedient, you have walked in your own strength. Ask the Lord to help you, to renew your heart, your mind, your relationship with him, to have that intimacy with him daily to constantly be calling on him to help you in whatever you do to recognize that nothing you can do of yourself makes any sense your righteousness is like filthy rags and therefore you choose to bow your knees again to the living God you choose to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto him. You choose to walk by the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You choose this morning to hand over the reins of your life, to stop driving your own vehicle, and to give Jesus full control and to have him be the Lord in every area and facet of your life, in your thought life, in your heart, in the decisions that you make going forward, you are saying, Jesus, take control of my future. Take control of my attitude my mind my being take control i choose to trust you lord shine your light in the dark places of my heart where there is unbelief shine your light there where i have a rocky and stony heart shine your light there where my heart is 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 unbelieving it accepts it now, but because of the storms of life, I choose not to believe. Where, because of the circumstances of life, I let go and, and welcome fear. Fear is king over my life. Fear controls everything that I do. Lord, even now we ask you, Father God, to every heart that's crying out to you this morning for change, we pray, Almighty God, that your hand will reach out and touch. Holy Spirit, come and transform the hearts, Lord God, including my heart, Lord. Transform our hearts to be more like yours, to be like yours, that our heart will be Hearts that are turned towards you. Hearts that are pliable in your hands. Hearts that are willing and obedient in the different circumstances to do your will and not our will. 
hearts that are reading the word and are willing to do what the word says. That we're not looking in the mirror and walking away and say, oh, this is not for me. This is for sister so-and-so. This is for brother so-and-so. But recognize it is your heart who need changing, my heart who need changing. And so we offer our hearts again unto you, Lord. And we say, have your own way. This morning we want to continue to worship the Lord with our tithes and offering. We want to give you an opportunity to give through our Zell account, which is 469-333-0242. And if you choose to give via PayPal, it's newhorizonmin at gmail.com. And if you have a testimony of the goodness of God, of his grace and his mercy, please do call us or email us. If you wish for prior, you can also email or call us at those numbers. As we continue to celebrate the Lord, we're going to close and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine up on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the peace of the Lord go with you and follow you for the rest of your life. Have a blessed week. We will continue to worship, but our service is over. Because God is about to move in this place. And don't worry about who is sitting next to you. Say, excuse me just a minute. I've got something I need to dance about. i got something I need to shout about. The psalmist David says, when trouble is in your life, what do you do? You sing praises. Sing praises unto God with understanding. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.